Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to The Place Where Sports Opinions Collide. My name is Kenneth B. Inge, and I'm your host. Uh, this is Dead in Sports. Joining me on the line is BZ430B. What up? What up, what up? Just uh, fresh off the fantasy baseball draft we just, we just did. Uh, probably knocked it out about like an hour and a half ago. Um, you know, another baseball season is among us. It starts off this Thursday, so... You know, if you're listening, it starts tomorrow because I'm pretty sure this podcast will be uploaded um, Wednesday. So tomorrow, MLB season kicks off. So, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to another, hopefully not a heartbreaking season. This is my fourth year playing with you guys, and I have yet to smell the postseason. So I'm trying to change that, trying to change it. I'm trying to damn change it, man, because this is, this, is, this is a shame. It's like, goodness gracious. So... Yeah, other than that, I'm just kind of you know feeling good about my about my team I drafted and everything, and you know I take this stuff serious. I take I take all I take all fantasy sports drafts seriously, rather it's baseball. I think I did hockey one year, uh, baseball, hockey, football, basketball. I got to, I take it serious. I make sure I shut down. I have my music playing while I'm drafting. I, I'm chilling. I'm 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 in relaxation mode. So I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, man, just ready to get into some topics tonight. Yeah, so for those of you listening, uh, B's team, um, is Gary Sanchez. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go from catcher to first to second and so on. So, um, yeah, he got Gary Sanchez as catcher, Will Myers first base, Robinson Cano second, Josh Donaldson third, Elvis Andrews at short stop, uh, Justin Upson, Domingo Santana, Adam Jones in the outfield, Justin Smoke is utility on the bench, Jake Lamb, Eddie Rosario, Josh Bell, Justin Boer, and Audibel Herrera, and uh, his pitchers are Clayton Kershaw, Jake Arrieta, Sean Doolittle as a relief pitcher, Zach Davies, Kyle Freeland, Brad Peacock, and Jose Urena. You got to upgrade your pitching, my brother, because that ain't gonna. Yeah, be yeah, I, yeah. I, when I finished, because I was I was worried about like getting. You know what it was when I was drafting. I was looking at like all the positions. I was like, oh man, like I was like, I still need to get a, a second baseman. I still need to get an outfield, and I was look it. I was passing up on pitchers and pitchers and pitchers and pitchers, and I was like, man, I'm just going to try to get some in the back end. But I know I, I wanted to at least get my first pick. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at it like, okay, Kershaw going to fall to me. He, he's definitely going to fall to me, and I'm like, I'm going to get him first. So at least I have mm-hmm. at least one ace in the hole. But, yeah, I'm going to have to I'm just gonna have to shift around, man. I'm pretty sure some there's going to be some folks that's going to ball. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be making some drops and pickups and stuff. So I'm pretty sure some, some of them pitches I'm going to definitely, like, let go. But I would just, like – getting them position players filled out first, man. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, the, the thing about points leagues and, you know, it's something I'm looking to maybe change next year. Well, there's a new scoring formula I want to try, um, called Ot- Adu Sinoa, something like that. I'm sorry. I look, I just read about it today, y'all. I didn't have it looked up. I'm talking off the top of my head, but, um, but I want to try, which seems to simulate based on the scoring real life baseball. Um, but yeah, in, in, in points league pitching, Pitching is key, so getting Clayton Kershaw was definitely a a, a, a big move for you. And then, because uh, the thing about hitters, man, you can sometimes always find you know like good hitters late um, or off the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So my squad, and then we'll we'll get into some 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 uh, baseball. I mean, some sports talk here. All right. So I've been in the finals three years in a row. I one and two. I'm getting my LeBron on. Uh, I lost to Tone Loke. Shout out to Tone Loke. And then I lost to Meech. Shout out to Meech. Uh, so so yeah. So I got to get a catcher. I didn't get a chance to get a catcher. So I'm gonna pick up Justin Lucroy. So he's gonna be my starting catcher. Uh, first I got Marvin Gonzalez. Second I got Scott Kingery. He's not gonna be my starter. Uh, but I picked up Daniel Murphy. He dropped it, dropped to me at a good value, a price I couldn't pass up. Uh, so I picked him up, but he's on the DL. And then I got Raphael Devers at third, Carlos Correa at short, uh, Mookie Betts, Michael Conforto, Scooter Gennett uh, at, in the outfield. And I drafted Willie Calhoun and Ronald Acuna Jr., who will probably be up in April. Baseball has this weird rule where I'll – I think I got an article that um, that we'll go over maybe later on, but but yeah, so they had to send him down in order to get an extra year of service for for him, so that's why he's not up. So that's why I got uh, so many hitters on my team because I normally don't draft a lot of hitters. I like to get pitchers, but and then I got uh, Yuli Gurriel um, at, on my bench, and Corey Seager is in my utility spot, who fell to me at good value. Like I didn't want to draft him. But I did because I know somebody weak at shortstop out there. And then my pitcher is uh, – I went with a lot of upside. Carlos Carrasco, Zach Grinke, who fell to me. Uh, Mike Clevenger is my relief pitcher. Louis Castillo, Luke Weaver, Blake Snell, Jake Faria. Danny Salazar, who's hurt, but is a strikeout machine when he's healthy. So uh, hopefully he'll be back somewhere around May. And Tyler Glasnow, uh who was the number one pitching prospect, but it just hasn't translated to the majors. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I went with a lot of upside at, at the pitcher spot with some young gym, young young uh, gunners from last year that that pitched well. Um, my concern is uh, is going to be innings because you know at some point when you draft young pitchers, they like to shut them down. So for me, I may be scrambling for a pitcher in, if, come playoff time, but. Um, but yeah, a lot of upside, a lot of potential. Uh, I definitely went with hitting, um, and then tried to see what I could scrap together on the uh, on the waiver wire. And uh, last note of business regarding this: uh, we got about four or five dead teams in here. So um, if you guys want to play, go to Twitter, DM me, leave a comment on SoundCloud, or send us an email. I already got one spot that I'm giving up. I got two more DMs. I think. Let me see. From other people that want to play, uh, no. So uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, so yeah, so I got one spot, so I'm, I'm I'll have three or four spots left, 
And the last thing, the real last thing, is that I think I'm going to turn this into a keeper league, B. Yeah, so we'll just keep doing it over and over again. Because um, we seem to have the same people that play every year. And uh, so anyway, and we may look at doing a categories league, which is a little bit different. But whatever. Uh, that's enough about that. Um, let's talk some sports. So you all know the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 was last week and uh last weekend and the final four is finally set um real quick i forgot to mention this um ralph um fifo will be joining us um in a little bit so but yeah yeah man final four is set um we have loyola chicago michigan kansas and villanova um who you got playing in the championship game, and who do you think will win it all? I got um. I think I I think. Well, I said this last week. I thought I thought you know, Chicago, Lale Chicago was gonna probably go to lead eight and then have their have their slipper. You know, the Cinderella was story is gonna be over, and I think it's gonna come to an end this time. I think Michigan is gonna come away with the victory on that because they both play each other. And I think on Kansas and Villanova, I think Villanova's going to pull it out uh, in that Final Four game, that other Final Four uh, game. And then championship, I have Villanova winning, beating over Michigan by 12. Oh, okay. Okay, Villanova over Michigan by 12. You know what? Um, I'm I'm going the opposite of you, B. I'm going Kansas. I think Kansas will beat Villanova. We'll talk about that game in, in a bit. Um, the Duke Kansas game, and uh, I think Loyola Chicago is going to beat Michigan. I do. Um, Sister Jean, Sister Jean is an inspiration. So, let me see. Loyola Chicago is in the championship game. Wow, that will be nuts, man. I, I, think, I think this would be like the first. If that happened, I think they'd be the first mid-major to begin the final since Butler that year yeah. when Gordon Hayward almost hit the half court. I'm going to take it one step further, B. They're going to win it all by, by five. I think they're going to beat Kansas by five. Yep. And I, ooh, I, sh- I wish I should have wrote this down, but and I'm just really kind of paraphrasing, but the story on Loyola Chicago and Kansas, the coach, like the athletic director for Kansas hired – the coach for Layla Chicago when he was an assistant for Bill Self. Now he's the head coach for Layla Chicago. Something like that. It's something to that nature where the head coach of Layla Chicago has some type of connection with the Kansas University, with the athletic director. Some way, somehow, somewhere, you know, that story is somewhat true. And in the other part, I'm just kind of like messing it all up. But to that extent, man, which, which is crazy. They, they, I, heard, I heard some talk about that. If that was to happen, if Leo Chicago and Kansas face in the uh, in the championship game, like the coach would be like pretty much going against like his kind of former team or whatever that he was coaching or a part of, whatever. So that, that'd be pretty interesting. But yeah, I got I got Michigan and Villanova. I know they probably both going into both of their games to favor. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, with NCAA tournament, you can never. It's always you know you say the favorite, but you know it's, we always seen crazy stuff happen. Like I said, I thought. Little Chicago Cinderella's gonna come to an end last week, but man, they they them boys put it out in Michigan with the butt kicking, man. They 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 yeah. 
they wax folks, man. Like I was like, okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm going with the safe picks. I'm I'm doing I'm going safe, and I'm picking Villanova, and I'm picking uh, I'm picking uh, Michigan. I've been going with Villanova ever since my Final Four was done after Thursday, so I'm like, well, I will stick with them. Yeah, and the thing about it is that, like, you know, for you guys that listened last last week, I had I thought Texas Tech was gonna uh, um, get Michigan, but they they smashed them brothers, man. I didn't like I didn't see that one coming at all. So um, not in that fashion. I thought it would be uh te- yeah Texas A and M. Did I say Texas Tech? Texas A and M. If I did. Yeah, Okay, uh, yeah, but ninety nine seventy two. Um, so that was a blowout, and um, and you know we, you know, for those of you that wait, oh wait, you know what? I'm confused. Um, wait, 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 hold on, I messed up. They wait, who did they play? They played Florida State or Texas A and M? They played Florida State in the Elite Eight game. They played Texas A and M in the Sweet Sixteen game. Okay, and then they played Florida yeah. State. They played Florida State in the Elite Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but what I still said still stands. Like I did think Texas A and M would have played a lot better than they did, and I thought they were going to actually win that game. But but they got smashed. And then Florida State, they were they were right there, man, and um and just you know just couldn't pull it off. Speaking of, um, you heard about the controversy that, and I say controversy in quotes, but. The interview that went down with Leonard Hamilton after the game, not following. Yeah, him. yeah. yeah. After the Florida State, think about the Florida State. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um see, the, the, when I saw the headline, I was like, "Ooh, man, this is going to be good." Like, I'm thinking it was. <laughs> I was it, the, the headline was a little bit overhyped for me. Like when I watched it, I was like, "Well, okay, it wasn't," you know, because people were talking about. Oh, man, she did a great job of holding herself together. I know she was pissed. I know she was so upset and mad. So, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, okay, let me watch this. Let me see what this is about. And I watched it. I was just like, okay. Because he had a moment where he kind of like, I think in, in his mind, he had a moment where he kind of like checked himself and kind of calmed back down and, and, and you know, answered the questions. And, you know, the, the interview went smooth. It was, I think it was more so the facial expressions that he was making. Like, he was making some real niggas. The facial expressions when she asked him <laughs> the, that, the first couple of questions. He was like, uh, he like, what? Like, it was like some pimp shit. Like, like, <laughs> bitch, you, you better give me my money. Like, that, like that's how he was looking at her. And I, and, I, and I thought that was hilarious, you know, at first. And he was just like, the game was over. You know, and she like, no, you know, 11 seconds, that's still da-da-da-da, because we seen crazy stuff. I mean, and she kept it together. She asked a question, and then he kind of, like, stepped back and just kind of, like, gathered himself. And then it went smooth. So I'm thinking it was going to be a blow up. I'm thinking he was going to get an attitude, get in her face, maybe almost cuss at her or something like that. But, you know, people, the headlines and people on social media was really hyping it up worse than what it was. I mean, was it a little unprofessional on this part at the beginning of that interview? Yeah, he could have handled it better. But that's what happens when you when you interview people right after they get their emotions. Like, rather, if it's mm-hmm. an a, a L or a W, there you emotions is running high so you know for you to grab someone right after a game is over you know hell kevin garnett for prime example when he won a championship with boston celtics dude was cussing up the storm like they had to bleep him out like he was he was he was just he was so emotional and so happy and in another sense you know you got someone like richard sherman 
remember when he uh had the uh, defense on Michael Crabtree and Michael Crabtree didn't show no love and he was he was all fired up. He was fired up from that in that win and and, and then Michael Crabtree up there disrespecting him. It's just emotion, man. So the coaches had a lot of emotion. He was mad that they, you know, it's, it's the NCAA. That was the trip to the Final Four if they would have won that game. So it was emotions, man. I, I just think people just kind of really blew that out of proportion. When I watched it, me personally, I didn't think it was really that bad. It, people really blew that up big time. Yeah, when when I heard it, I much like you, the headlines and everything pulled me in. So I'm like, oh, man, this brother probably went off. And then I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's uh, – that's not that bad. Like it's bad because it was unprofessional and and all that, but it wasn't what they made it out to be. And you know, it's just a lesson learned. And a lot of people, from what I've heard over the last couple of days, said, you know, that's really kind of out of character for him. And he's normally a a, a lot better than that and, and more professional. So he just had a bad day at the office. And like you said, man, you know, look. They, they, he just lost, like, by four points. So um, did he give up with 11 seconds left? Yeah, because we've seen all kind of crazy stuff happen. Where um, I mean, we just saw it with uh, uh, UVA and Louisville, where they won a game in the last couple of seconds uh, with, like, four or six seconds or something like that left. So you always want to extend the game and give yourself a shot because they're still kids, and they're liable to miss one and, and make one and then – you hit a three, and then you down two, and you just never know. So, um, so yeah. So outside of that, I, I think he uh, he definitely uh, just you know just I mean he was raw, raw motion, man. So um, just a bad day at the office. That that's all. So um, yeah, the brother the brother be all right. Um, you know how we are. We pro brother over here, so <laughs> he cool. Um, yeah. So anyway. Um, Hey, so we let's... got Ralph on. <laughs> Can you hear us? Vivo? Hello? Yo, yo, yo. My bad. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, I'll be muting uh, the mic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so the last one, B, uh, is that, that Kansas-Duke game, man. Did you um... – I, well, I know you watched it, man. What did you think about that game? Because th- that was the game of the weekend. Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, that that was that, that that was a good one, man. That and I was actually shocked that a lot of calls went Kansas way in towards the you know crucial moments, specifically that that charging call. That was they Duke was up by one, and he had a charge call that fought, Carter Jr. I think it was his last name was Carter Jr. He filed hey, that that file ended up filing him out the game, and um, he was clearly outside, but he slightly shrugged his left shoulder over. To be honest with you, when I saw it in regular motion, I thought it was a charge. But when you know when they showed the replay and slowed it down, you know, I, props to the referee if he caught if he really caught that that shoulder that guy moving like that to the left because in regular speed it looked like a charge to me. But um, yeah, I, you know, showing it again, I was like, ah, he kind of shifted over, so maybe they could. That's why. But man, that was a good game, man. Like it, it was. It, I, and I'm glad that game went in overtime. Like it, it went in overtime. Them boys was out there playing. Man, that 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 was a good one. That was definitely a good one. Of course, Bobby not being a Duke fan, you know I can't stand Duke. I was happy that they caught the L at the end of the day. Even though, it was, regardless, it was a good game. Even if Duke would have won, but I was just so happy that they caught an L. Shout out to Manny because I had to talk stuff to Manny or whatever. <laughs> he was he was going over his old Carl Thomas on Facebook uh, videos. I had to call him <laughs> on that. 
So shout out to, so shout out to Manny. I know he's probably gonna listen. Shout out to Manny because he's a Duke and a Laker fan. I'm like, golly, man, Jesus Christ. But um, yeah, man, it, it was a good game, but on both ways, it was it was it was great. It was good coaching on both ends, you know, with uh, self and legendary Coach K. But uh, yeah, Kansas got the W, man. I'm just really happy about that, man. But like I said before at the beginning, I'm just I'm shocked. You know, we always seen Duke get the better end of calls, close calls, and I was shocked that Kansas got some calls their way. I, I'm 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 surprised, especially all the talk last week talking about some oh is the NCAA in tournament in trouble if we don't have Duke. You know, we have we gotta have a Duke in the Final Four if Leo, a team like Leo Chicago and all these other you know not so popular teams get into the Final Four. It's like come on. So I, I'm glad. That that didn't happen for that case, but um, the Duke the call is going Duke way. So, but other than that, it was it was an exciting game, man. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know what? When I when I saw it, I I definitely thought it was a charge. I was like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna call that against against them, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear people say he moved a little. Um, I I kinda, I still think it was a charge, but um, it it just didn't didn't go their way, and uh, you know, that's how it happens, and I think that definitely impacted the the game because i mean dude's like one of their their best offensive uh scorers on the team uh next next to bagley so and and he had caught fire so they definitely could have used him uh during you know in that latter part the last three minutes or so of, of that game um but even before then like i was really shocked i thought grayson allen hit that shot that thing bounced all the way around the rim itself in, and it was just incredible. And when it came off, I was like, oh, they'll probably maybe win in OT. But, nah, man, shout out to Malik Newman, man. Malik Newman went off. I, he had like nine points, nine of Kansas uh, points in the uh, in, in OT. And he had a big three, and, and Duke had a chance to put it away. They were up three. With like thirty something seconds left, and they just they just couldn't get a bucket, um, and that just left the window open, and you really just can't do that. And uh, Graham just made a, a heck of a pass to uh, I can't say his name, Malikamula. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even say it to hit that game time three because he he almost actually traveled. He was bent all out of place, and he actually hit a big shot for Kansas too to kind of get them stabilized. But, um, but yeah, man, that was, that was a great game. And hopefully with the final four being set and the championship game to come, that isn't the only good game that we have left in this tournament. So, um, so there you have it. We, we've given you guys our picks uh, earlier in the show and, um, and we'll be back next Tuesday to kind of recap the uh, national championship game. So, uh, as B mentioned, uh, Raph has joined us, so we're going to go ahead and move on to some basketball. Let me see here. Let me see here. <laughs> Kyle's stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, um, I want to start with Spurs. I, this is uncharted territory for for me to find the Spurs mired in drama. Um, for those of you that don't know, last week it broke that the team had a very tense uh, 
player meeting or team meeting with Kawhi Leonard, uh, kind of reminiscent of what they did with Kevin Love. How when they went at Kevin Love that time when when he left and and um, and they kind of you know when he left the the gym uh, when he left the stadium and <laughs> they got blew out and Kevin Love at home with his feet up chilling. Uh, we later found out that you know it, it was to to uh, some um, anxiety issues that he had. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so apparently they had a closed door meeting and uh, it was very tense. And then of course reports came out that it wasn't as intense. And then before the meeting, Manu was like, yeah, nah, we, um, we just moving on like he's not here. Uh, as far as we know, he's not playing. And then, uh, Tony Parker threw more shade talking about his injury was a hundred times worse than Kawhi Leonard. Um, this is completely messy. And, um, and I don't know. So I guess, uh, FIFO, what do you make of all of this drama surrounding the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard? based on everything that's happened over the last week or so? I think the most interesting thing is both the Patriots and the Spurs now have all of this extra noise around the two most celebrated organizations about running it smoothly, right? Like, I think that's crazy, both of them, like, back-to-back. But um, in terms of this Kawhi thing, man, I've never really seen something like this. You know what I'm saying? Um, for Obviously, from the Spurs. I don't know, man. I, I I really don't know what's going on. Um, you know, obviously watching Undisputed, the Insiders, uh, Chris Broussard. Um, Kawhi doesn't talk much. And nobody really knows what's going on inside of Kawhi Leonard's head. Kawhi hasn't said anything. Um, you know, the previous Thursday was supposedly coming from his camp that he was supposed to come back. Um, and what Steven Jackson said today, I think was the most powerful. Cause obviously he, he knows these guys, um, played with San Antonio has a chip and he was talking about how Ginobili is a stand-up guy and Ginobili is a hundred percent. And we saw that by his comments. Um, but he also said, Tony Parker is not the guy to, you know, call a team meeting. So he felt that maybe he was charged up. So, mm. I, <sighs> And we still haven't heard from Kawhi. Like, I think that's the most interesting thing. Like, he hasn't said, has he addressed it? Am I missing something? Nah, he hasn't said anything. He's been completely silent. Completely silent. So, if he's treating his teammates like that, I, I think that's very interesting. But if that's just his personality, it is what it is. But I, I don't know, man. This is weird because I don't want to question Kawhi's competitive uh, dog in him. You know what I'm saying? Because. He is a finals MVP. He did win defensive player of the year, if I'm not mistaken. He's always, or at least the last three years, he's been in, 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 in MVP uh, talks, right? Like, he's, he's finished top five, top six in MVP. So, you can't be, like, you can't be a soft, mentally soft guy or a soft guy in the NBA and, and, and do what Kawhi's doing. So, what is it? Like, I, I, this is super weird. Because at least we kind of, you know, we knew where Kevin Love stood, whatever, whatever. You know, you address players all the time. Sometimes you have these type meetings, but not about are you going to play or not. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And no, and, and, and you know what's even interesting is that nobody's saying what Kawhi said. So did Kawhi not say anything in the whole meeting? Did he just stay silent the whole time? Like, is he pleading the fifth? Like, like I don't know what's going on, man. It's super weird. 
Yeah, yeah, it it is. Uh, Sean Sean Elliott came out and said that Kawhi has no beef with Popovich and that he's really happy. Uh, for those of you that don't know it, if you don't, something wrong with you. But Sean Elliott uh, played with the Spurs uh, years ago, so um, so yeah, so TMZ had that, um, and that's the latest that we had. And um, I, it's it's really like I think was. The, the mystery around it all is just Kawhi's not saying anything. And it's, it's like we don't know where he's at or what his temperament is like or what his mood is like and what's going on. So um, this is, like, very bizarre. And you're right. Like, the, the, the Patriots and the Spurs are both mired in, like, drama, and this is un, unheard of for them. Um, B, what do you think about all of this this mess going on? Uh, very, very unusual. Not, it's, it's starting to make me think: Is is Kawhi Leonard on his way out? Like, you know, if, if dude is just quietly, you know, is not saying nothing. You know, he's seeing his team, Tony Parker, uh, throwing him under the bus. And yeah, just like people, I, people, I saw that same video that you're talking about with Stephen Jackson said on the herd. Um, you know, about Tony Parker. That that's not in him. He said that was that was a call strictly from Greg Pop as far as that players meeting and stuff. But um yeah, man, if they if they all coming down on this dude like that, I don't know if if Kawhi want to stay there. So that's that's that was my first you know thoughts reactions when when I saw this start to come out some more. I'm like, man, Kawhi might be out of there, man. He he might be gone. I, I don't know what's his contract and stuff looking like over at um San. I don't know if he had to be traded or or, or he can just you know sign with another team if, he, if he's gonna be a free agent this summer. But um yeah, man, just the thought of that, all this drama coming up, we always seen. A, t- a, a franchise like the Spurs that always have everything together. And it's amazing how, like, now, ever since Tim Duncan retired, now we're seeing drama from the San Antonio Spurs. It's like, was, you know, was Tim Duncan really a good, a good reason of why that team was always held together and always was kept in check was because of Duncan? You know, it just makes it, it makes it seem that way, not that since Duncan retired, but I just think, Kawhi Leonard, man, he he might be out of there, man. He might be out of there. I don't know where he might go, but it, it, I would be surprised if he comes back next season as a San Antonio Spur. Yeah, um, I think he'll be back. I, I think um, so. You know, much, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, so he has like three years and almost seventy million dollars left. So, so he's still he's extremely valuable, and I think he you rarely see right like like a top three considered player traded. Right. But I I think in this scenario, you could definitely get a King's ransom for him, you know, especially if he's healthy. Um, and if he's that unhappy, we'll see if he plays this season. Uh, hopefully he could play the beginning of next season. I would like to trade him in the offseason. But, you know, somebody, you know, we just see IT and IT is about to look to have to. Uh, damn, I, I butchered all of that. But <laughs> IT is looking to have surgery on his hip. Um, you know, we, we, we don't know, like who, who's really gonna take a chance on Kawhi right now with his injury. Somebody will, but how much can you get back? I think right now is the time that you do it. Um, because, because you, you got to start thinking about the future. You got to start thinking about the future. If Kawhi does not want to be, this is San Antonio. I don't think you're just going to get any type of free agent to come. No, and, and a trade would make the most sense because at least you'll get somebody, um, 
you know, depending on who you get in return, maybe you get somebody that has a couple of years or maybe you get a couple of draft picks and you can rebuild that way. And San Antonio is really good at, at drafting players. Um, here's what Steven Jackson said for those of you listening. Um, here's what he said, uh, one of his stories about pop. So basically the Spurs were getting ready for a playoff push and Steven Jackson in practice was killing according to Steven Jackson. And I'm inclined to believe him. Uh, Manu Ginobili and Manu's confidence was down. So Pop went to him and told him to say in front of the team, Manu, you're better than me. You should be playing. And Steven Jackson couldn't do it. And he told Pop that he couldn't do it. And he told Pop that he got to cut him. And he cut him. So that's how Steven Jackson ended up off the him. Spurs. Yeah. So he, he got rid of him. Yeah. That, that And that's 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 insane. So Pop, I mean, we all know, man, Pop is very uh, terse with the media, uh, very Belichickian. I hate saying that, but it's true. Like, he was probably the first uh, to really kind of start to have this, this type of attitude with them. And uh, he he's he's the dictator. So what he says goes and, and his work. So I'm inclined to believe uh, when I'm here <coughs> – Hmm. Excuse me. What I'm hearing so far from um, from Stephen Jackson, uh, that man has <laughs> no need to to lie. Um. Anyway, other developing news that took place uh, since we've been gone. Um, Kyrie. Let's start with Kyrie, man. Kyrie is out um, three to six weeks, I believe. Uh, he had a, a procedure done on his knee, and um. And we talked about this last week, and we were speculating at the time uh, what he should do or what shouldn't he do, and um, and he had the surgery, so now he's out. So now we're looking at the Celtics, <laughs> and so far they've managed to win games, but I personally think that they get lucky Celtics always get lucky and they're playing a little bit get out of here Ken stop hating that's the how's it look how's it look why is it look they have had a very they had a lot of lucky look Brad Stevens is a hell of a coach but some of the games that they've won especially the last three out of four they probably shouldn't have won like uh uh the OKC game when Melo's missing two threes I mean, two free throws, and then uh, and Westbrook missed one. Like, that's no way you should have won that game at all. So but they uh, won it, though. I mean, I know, man, but anyway, I, they find they ways to win games, man. They find ways to win. They're very, very, very fortunate. Wins the wins, but to me, it just doesn't. I mean, it's not like it's over cupcake teams, though. That's what I'm saying, okay? You make it seem like they winning over Chicago, over Orlando, or something like that. It, they they beating some quality teams. Brooklyn, Dallas, like now, nah, man. Like B said, man. And, and look, bad teams find a way to lose those games. So what That's, are they? What, what's the opposite of that? <laughs> Kid don't want to give him props. He quiet his head. <laughs> Kid don't want to give him props. <laughs> it it just it seems like fool's gold to me, man. It it really does. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. They, they're still winning the games and I think, uh, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, but we all know that without Kyrie, that their playoff 
odds go uh, extremely down, um, you know, from from here. Um, but you know what? I was thinking also. We we and we kind of talked about. Well, I kind of put this out here out there last week. Like, man, maybe that trade wasn't so bad for Cleveland after all, because Kyrie's once again hurt. And and he's down. Isaiah Thomas got hurt. The only person, last man still standing, is is LeBron. Um, so, what what do you guys think, man? Like, do you guys still think they have a shot in the playoffs with without Kyrie, or maybe to hold the fort until Kyrie get back? Hell no. Well, <laughs> oh wait, I thought they were a good team, right? No way. Hold on. But listen. But come on. You can't remove Kyrie and and be a great a good to great team, right? They could hold the fort because of Brad Stevens, right? Like I, I've I've been trying to tell y'all, this man is up there with Pop. He just don't got the rings, and obviously I put Pop on a whole nother level. So don't, so don't get it twisted. But that level right behind Pop, there's Brad Stevens, and he's the guy. And eventually he's gonna win. The same way that Pop has gotten the Spurs to six seed in the West without Kawhi is exactly what Brad Stevens is doing with Boston without Kyrie and without Gordon Hayward and with a rookie, uh, Jason Tatum, even though he's awesome and Jalen Brown second year, that, 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 that's what that level of coach does. And even when guys are out and you're playing your third and and you're signing guys to 10 days and all of that, they win Ken. And that's what makes them a, a good team. Now, can they go into the playoffs like that? Come on, man. Come on, man. We, we don't watch enough basketball to know if they even luck up to win the first round, which I doubt. Because what are they? They're fourth? They, they're right two now? seed. They, they, if the playoffs start today, Ralph, they'll be two, playing Milwaukee. Milwaukee. They mm. could maybe beat Milwaukee. They could maybe maybe beat Milwaukee, but I think Giannis is hungry. But, damn, think, but, get, but guess who they be playing in the second round? Who? Cleveland. Then oh, Cleveland, the three seed and Boston two seed. I mean, Boston not beating that. They, they they not come on, man. So especially without Kyrie, um, so they can hold it down the rest of the season, but they're not doing it in the playoffs, Ken. You know, but that does not negate that they are a good team because they are. They're winning the games they're supposed to win, closing games out that they're supposed to close out. I suppose, but. They're not a contender. Uh, then they're not. But you could be a good team not contending. I don't know, man. I, I I've I've just had a feeling like this whole year that it's just I, well, I don't want to take anything away from them. Um, at one point I was a believer, and then other times I was like, yeah, there's no way they're gonna be able to keep this up, and then they managed to keep it up. But I gotta give props to Brad Stevens. Because he got a, he somehow managed to get a, a replacement level Kyrie and, and Terry Rozier out there who's putting up yep. Uh, yep. similar numbers. So he's able to like mix and match parts or players like Noah, like like Pop, <laughs> like he really is Pop. Like it's a, uh, it's it's something to to actually, it's to behold. But um, so you don't give him a shot either, B. You think you think they could beat Milwaukee? Hold on, hold on, Ken. You're not, you're not, you're not coming off the hook. So, are they a good team or not? I mean, the record is the record. So, no, no, answer the question, Ken. Why are you, why are you getting around the question? Answer: Are they a good team or not? Yeah, they're a good team. They're a good team. All right, they, thank you. They, they've been some, some, some quality opponents. I mean, remember on this show after that duel they had with, with Golden State, 
you know, I was like, okay, you know what? I'll watch a finals if, if I got that. So, um, I just think without Kyrie, like, I think they were winning games without Kyrie and just trying to get to the playoffs and Kyrie was going to be unleashed. But it was just something throughout the season, the way they were kind of resting him and the way these reports started to leak out about his knee that it just, it just didn't seem right. And to be honest, if, if I'm Kyrie, I ain't coming back this year. I'm not coming back this year. Um, yeah, I, I don't do, don't Kyrie, don't be like IT. Don't be like IT, man. Uh, cause IT still ain't right. He's had to, to leave LA to go get his hip checked out. Um, so. And that's so sad. We need to talk about IT too, man. It It is. It is. Um, yeah, it's very depressing what, what, what happened to that brother. Um, but B, you you think they could beat Milwaukee and maybe lose to Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, without Kyrie, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, even without Kyrie, I can see them getting past Boston. I can see that being a, a feisty game six, game seven series. Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee. You said what again? You said Boston. You said Boston. You meant. Milwaukee. Oh yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I can see Boston getting past Milwaukee, but I can still see it being a feisty six, seven game series without Kyrie. Um, but yeah, if they go, they go into the next round. Hell, even with a, a 80 percent Kyrie, they 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 don't have a shot. They don't have a shot of beating um, Cleveland um, with home court advantage. Still won't matter. Um, I, I think, you know, if, if LeBron getting the troops back hundred percent, man, I, I think they about to start rolling. That game he had at, at Toronto against Toronto, that was definitely a kind of a statement game. It was a playoff atmosphere game. Toronto, the number one right now, going into the East, the number one seed, and Cleveland, the number three seed. LeBron had to make a statement, and um, I think he, I think once he locked down, once he shut down, like he usually do in during playoff and, and shut off social media and stuff, it, it's gonna be a wrap. But um, yeah, Boston a good team. Yeah, I mean, they still a good team, just like for all the same reasons FIFO said. You know, with Brad Stevens coaching, I love that fact. I love the fact that we have some young, good young blood in the coaching in the co- coaching stratosphere. You know what I'm saying, like. Tired of people hanging on to the Phil Jacksons. At one point, they were just, is Phil Jackson coming back to coach? Oh, he's going to uh, manage this Knicks. Like, it's like they just keep hanging on to these old coaches. And Greg Pop, he can just go into whenever he decides to retire. But they always try to hang on to these old coaches. And I'm glad we have a new breed of coaches, one with Brad Stevens being one of them, man, in, in the league. And, and he's definitely done a great job with what Boston had to endure this year with the first game of the year with Gordon Hayward going out. It was just like, oh my god, and they just still managed to just keep the ball rolling and being one of the top, you know, two top three teams because we were we was like, man, they might not be one of the top teams. These they might be like five, but they, they and look great culture, man, on Brad Stevens. So Boston's still a good team. I still I can see them getting second round exit right now with Kyrie not being hundred percent. And also, you know, we got to talk about Stephen Curry, man, because he he having some issues too out there in the West. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, we can um, we'll we'll get to him. I mean, this is uh, we're making the roundtable about uh, with, with injuries. Um, but let's go back to to it, and then we'll 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 hit uh Curry in a sec. Um, so yeah, man, I it went to L.A., got out of Cleveland, um, seemed to have found his groove, was playing well, and um, something interesting happened to me at least that I noticed that. His shot started to not not fall the way it was when um, they were winning games. Uh, so his, his his scoring efficiency went down a little bit. When then, who was winning games? 
L.A. went on a little little win. Oh, you mean L.A.? I thought you were talking yeah. about Cleveland. I'm about to say, remember they went on that horrible like losing little stretch. Nah, the Lakers. The oh, okay. Lakers went through okay. a stretch where they were winning games, and I T was playing I good. Yeah, I and I, I I thought for a second that he may have gotten his you know gotten his money back, gotten some money of some of the money he lost back, but nope, uh, he has been ruled out for the last two games of that road trip because of a sore hip which I think was probably related to, and I'm guessing, I, I don't know, but to uh, how his shot started to not fall anymore. Um, this is sad, man. Like, here's a guy that had the world. Like, he had Boston. He had a big payday coming. You know, he was a folk hero. And now, man, he may be out of the league if this hip can't get right. So he left the team Monday. He's going to meet with doctors. Um is it over five T? FIFA? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And 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 that's why I wanted to touch on it. Uh, obviously, I wish him the best. I'm not saying I want this man to fail. Look, man, I'm a short ass guy too, bro. And I have a big heart, and I understand where you know where it gets his dog from. Trust me. Like, it, and be a tell you, can to tell you. You know what I'm saying? It's it's for real. It's for real. But um, yeah, man. I think I think when athletes start to have hip problems i don't think you can get right um or at least you can't get back to what you were and when you're small especially in the nba anything you lose it's like times three for an nba like 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 a six five to six nine six ten player you know what i'm saying it, it just is because you, he it needs every ounce of the bounce he has you know what i'm saying to to, to compete at that level um, if you look at the way he shoots, he, he jumps pretty high. You know, he mm-hmm. generates a lot of force for his size. Um, obviously, being small, you're always going to take contact going to the rack. Um, and you can't be a 5'9 guy that only shoots threes. Like, you have to be able to attack off the bounce. I, I just I don't think he's going to have the same level of explosion. Um, and I think that that's going to really be a big factor in, in a decline for him. Um, and I just I just don't know if he can recover from that. And that's why I think it's going to be the end. Because are you really going to pay IT even bench money to be on the bench? And he's shown that he could have a mouth or he doesn't know how to handle success um, by causing turmoil and, and being very outspoken when you still haven't really earned that spot. You know, like, I, even though Mike Connolly is injury prone, I would say Mike Connolly has earned it a bit more than IT has throughout his career. You know, it's still not that major contract, but I'm just saying, you know, um, just in terms of the level of play, you know, consistently. Uh, mm-hmm. Because IT hasn't had that year yet, you know, uh, outside of last year. It, you know, every other year was pretty okay, but last year was a super breakout year. I, I don't know if he would have been able to sustain that. But, again, going back to the injury, I digress. I'm sorry I'm going off on a tangent. Um, I don't think he can make it back, man. And I think it's sad. I think he, I, I, he's going to be out the league, man. I really do. You think he done, B? Um, he can forget it if he's, you know, hoping for a big-time contract. I don't think he's going to use def- – that's definitely out of the question. It's unfortunate because this thing, you know, a year and a half ago, this dude was mentioned as, like, currently top five best PG in the league. You know, he was most clutch four-quarter guy and everything. And it's just like, man, with the, and then the hip injury and then Boston trade him, it's just like it's, it's amazing how 
within a year and a half how it just all come crashing down. Um, but yeah, I think at this point he might end up. I think at this point in his career, I think he might end up. He might start becoming a journeyman. You know, I think he's gonna start playing for you know a team here and then go next year a team there and then someone trade him over here and he's gonna try to comp- you know try to blend in on a team that's competing. He's gonna start end up being a journeyman. So. You know, I hate to say that, and and I, and I don't wish that on him. I just think that's the road that he's heading towards now, man. I think he's he's heading towards that journeyman Dwight Howard road. So it's unfortunate, man. I hate I hate that it's happened to him. You know, I I kind of think he he's al- he's he was already a journeyman. Like he's been traded multiple times, and 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 that was the thing about Boston. Like he finally felt like he had a home, and then Kyrie came a calling, which everybody would make that trade. Um, and, and now it seems like while it's not even per se, but both players are out right now with injuries. So, you know, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I think it's over for the brother too, man. Um, he did a lot of damage to himself this year and I think he started to get some of that back in, uh, in, in LA by just fitting in. So he kind of learned his lesson and, you know, to something you said, FIFO, he felt like he earned it in Boston. And he found out that he didn't. And he found out the hard way that when you play with LeBron, it's LeBron or, or and and that's it. Nothing else exists. Um, so anyway, um, so moving on to Steph Curry. Tragic. Another tragic situation that happened with him. Came back from his ankle injury only to get rolled up on by uh, JaVale McGee. Uh, I think that's the second time he's he's taken out. I know out a freak of, accident too. Yeah, that, that, that was crazy. Yeah, and, it's, and they it's talking on, about they talking about something. He might not return to after the first round of the playoffs. And then you know, usually when you come back after the first round, you know he might not be fully like a hundred percent back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's looking. And I I don't know how the health is looking for the rest of Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and Clay. I think Clay's still fighting an injury right now. So. Man, this could be Houston's moment. This is this can be if they mess this up and they get a banged up Golden State Warriors squad and they don't and they don't advance. Man, like I don't want to hear nothing else about James Harden. And I, and I hate and I and I hate for it to go and I hate for this to be my boy two CP three, but it's gonna be a lot of backlash on him too. If they if they get this banged up Golden State squad, that's not a hundred percent. And, and James Harden end up on a milk carton. I don't want to hear nothing. Ooh, I don't want to hear nothing about James Harden no more. Especially Not, if he win the MVP. It's, yeah, especially, especially if he wins MVP, FIFO. If this man wins Ooh. MVP and you get a a a eighty percent Golden State squad and you don't advance, ooh, I don't want to hear nothing. That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't want to hear nothing. The only way he can redeem himself is if he come back the next year and win a championship. But other than yep. that. Until the end, 100% Golden State squad. That's the only right, way. Right, right. Until the end, if he don't take out this Golden State squad while they seem like they, they ha- be hurt, and you know when playoffs come, it's going to get more intense. So some guy, mm-hmm. it's going to be some more people that's going to get banged up. So mm-hmm. I, I think when Houston and Golden State, assuming that Golden State makes it to the West Conference Finals, which I still assume that they will, they're going to be banged up. And, and I think Houston, as long as they don't suffer nothing crazy, if they, be, if they have 100% like they are right now, they better win. I'm gonna say that James Harden. They they better come through. Cause if not, I want everybody should be on James Harden head. Everybody, 
I know I will on this show if he don't. Uh, hey, I'm with everything B said. B, B speaking gospel. Thank you, brother. <laughs> but yeah, but but back to the Stephen Curry though. That that yeah, that's that's definitely unfortunate. Um, I, I think I'm I'm glad that Steve Kerr still feel confident that his team can still you know you know make it to the finals, make it to the Western Finals at least with, without to. Stephen Curry. You know, he got but, to. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I mean, you know, that's that's. That's that's cool. I mean, you know, us we thinking like I don't know if you you missing Steph, you got to bang up Clay Thompson. I I don't know. I don't he know. He got KD. Helped. He got KD, the second best player in the in in the league. Yep. yep. The best, according to depending on to what him. you talk to. No, no, no. Brian's still the best. It's not yep. close. I'm sorry. But I think I mean, you know what? And I people, I remember I asked you this, and, and you didn't agree with this. I was like, can um. You know, we've seen Golden State win without a K, that same squad minus KD winning championship. Mm-hmm. But can mm-hmm. that same squad minus Stephen Curry, can they still pull it together? And I remember you was like, no, they can't. But I forgot what reason. I forgot the reason why you said they, it. They can't because he's the engine. Look, KD as a basketball player is a better basketball player than Steph Curry, right? He, he's taller. He's faster. He's stronger. Um... You know, he, he has a lot of Steph Curry-like skills, but bigger, faster, stronger, right? And But Steph is the point guard. He's the engine behind that. And the thing he does have over KD and everybody in the NBA and everybody that to ever play in the NBA is shooting range. He extends the defense so far that it creates even more space for all of their passing, cutting, and moving. Dude, dude, as soon as he passed half court, you got to guard him. And I don't mean like all up on him, but you can't just let him pull like he did the uh, OKC a couple years ago. Right. Like, you, like he has that range. He's proven that. And he's deadly from there. He shoots in the high 30s from there. Like you have to guard him. That that's almost impossible to guard. That's why a lot of people, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off, but I'm going to bring it back. A lot of people talk about Steph Curry isn't generational. Oh, Steph Curry couldn't play in the 90s when it's more physical. Okay, fine. You could, you could elbow him to the chest all you want. He's going to still shoot 40 30% from deep. We saw what Thunder Dan Marley did for Phoenix. We know that's a valuable weapon. And the three-point line was even further back then than what it is now. But it still wouldn't have mattered. Steph is a generational player. Now, going, I'm digressing back to the to the, to the injury, man. It is sad. It's definitely sad. Um, and it seems like JaVale takes out his own players, and uh, what's his name? Petrulia takes out everybody else's. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But um, I, we've seen we've seen this story before with Steph, though. Uh, when he's when he comes back, I don't think he's gonna be one hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But he's still gonna have moments. When you're the greatest shooter ever, I don't give a dang. Like you you gonna have a moment like he did against Portland when he was talking about I'm back. He didn't score yeah. nothing four quarters. And all of a sudden, in, in a five minute stretch, this man scored damn near eighteen points. Nah man, like look, look. He he's still Steph. So I think he still has to be respected anytime he's on the court. Um, but can they win without him? No. I don't I don't think they can. And you know what? I think we have some evidence of that when this happened last time. That year, they didn't win the title. And he had a very similar injury. Um, so, I, I I mean, I know 
they're trying to get back there for what the fourth time in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, we now see why it's it's hard to do and why it's rarely done, and I think it also kind of illustrates how incredible what LeBron has been able to do, regardless of the competition. Um, over the last seven years because the Warriors are falling apart and this man is yep. getting stronger. So, <laughs> you know, right. Benjamin, Benjamin James got it. Yeah. It, it, it makes absolutely no sense at all. Like he's, he's defying um, everything right now. I, we, I, we might, we might be looking at a Cavaliers and Rockets finals. You know what? To your point, B, this is the year. LeBron took them down when they were wounded, and now they're wounded. And and the Warriors won their first title when a lot of players were wounded. You know, it's part of the game. So get yours while you can, and yep. especially now. So, um, you know, we'll see. So I, I just saw this, so I'm going to put it out there. So Gary Payton, um, I saw it on Bleacher Report, and it was tweeted by Legion Hoops. Gary Payton listed his top five defensive guards in the league in, in – in no order. Uh, Patrick Beverly, Marcus Smart, Ray John Rondo, Chris Paul, and Lonzo Ball. Y'all agree with that? Whoa. I, I, I mean, you know, he's the glove, so I, I would like to know what he sees that I, I don't see in Lonzo Ball. I don't know. I don't know where he pulled that one off, <laughs> where he pulled that one out. But I mean, you know, I, I got to give respect to the glove. I mean, he, he must see something. He played at the NBA level, so he must see something in Lonzo Ball that I'm not really noticing because the other guards, I have no problem with him naming. They're, you know, they're actually good defensive guard, on-ball defenders. But Lonzo Ball, I, I don't know. FIFO, did you see something that I'm not seeing? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't Lon- know about- Lonzo is decent at best. Uh, okay. I think he will improve. Um, I think it's hard to put a rookie unless you just, like, really lock it fools up. Uh, I, I, you know, I think, let me see, how do I put this? I think Lonzo is going to rely a lot on his 6'5 frame to play defense. But I don't think he's going to ever be a great on-ball defender. But what he does do great defensively is rebound the ball. You know, he's been getting more defensive rebounds than Julius Randle. You know, so, you know, even though he's coming off the bench, that's still your starting point guard. So can he finish a defensive play? Yes with the best of them, but that doesn't make him a great defender, you know, and he hasn't even really proven to be a passing lanes defender, you know, so somebody that gets, you know, a lot of steals. Now, has he, he's gotten his fair share, and I think he's decent, but I, top five? Yeah. But who will we replace him with? Hmm. Top five. And it's just guards, right? Uh, Yeah, just guards. PG's. Just guard nah, it's just yeah, just top five defensive guards in the league. Oh, he tripping, Jimmy. He did, so he not gonna put Jimmy there. No, get out Ma- of here. Maybe maybe he thinks Jimmy's a uh, a forward. No, nah, Jimmy's a two, but he's playing Jimmy's- two. Yep, Jimmy's a two. Jimmy's a two. That's that's well, a two three. three. But he's a, three, but he, he's a two but he's from a Minnesota. Two. Okay, from Minnesota. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. I, I I definitely would would go with Jimmy. Like, I don't know how how you do that. And what about? I mean, you you guys have been been pumping him for the last couple of years. What about Clay Thompson? You know, he's yeah, a shooting Clay. guard. Clay, you know, 
everybody's always trying to to uh, like put Lonzo on, on this pedestal he hasn't earned yet, and he damn sure haven't earned it this year. So, but he, um, but, he ha- but he's had a pretty good rookie season. Can let look. Let's not be that hard on him. Did he come out the gate slow? Yes. Did he struggle? Yes. The biggest thing that I took away was he wasn't being aggressive enough. Sometimes as a point guard, you have to acclimate yourself to, to that speed of the game. And maybe he had to change some things, and he did. And, and my biggest thing was that he wasn't being aggressive. And in the second half of the season, he finally is healthy. His shooting percentages went up all across the board, right? He, he was shooting for, like, in the last, I want to say, 18, 20 games, he's been shooting, like, 40% from three, um, you know, 45% from the field. Uh, and, and he's, been, he's just been playing at a higher level. And that makes it a good rookie season. Like, it's not stellar. It's not what his dad, you know, cracked him up to be. But at the end of the day, man, like, he's close to a triple-double. Like, you could see him progress to almost averaging that. And I'm not talking about Russell Westbrook, you know, like, super thick triple-doubles. But, you know, Jason Kidd-esque. He's never going to average more than, like, 15 or 17 points. That, that, you know who else average. I just thought of? I'm surprised we didn't mention this, FIFO, a good defender. Um, I think he doesn't get enough credit. But John Wall. John Wall's a good. I mean, to me, he's a better. At least from what my eyes, yeah, better, better he's Lonzo. a better defensive than Lonzo Ball. One thousand. I mean, I don't know if you want to put him in top five elite, but I mean, he's a. That's a point guard I, I can name that's better than as a better defender than Lonzo Ball. He is. He is. Wow, I'm that wasn't a block, but um, a foul. But anyway, um, uh, I know what I heard uh her earlier be um when we were Man. talking. Uh, it was about Kevin Love. Chris Broussard was talking about how Kevin Love has basically been forgotten. Like he's a forgotten man. He, he's basically been Chris Bosh. And and now that Kyrie's away from the team, we're starting to kind of see a little bit of the Minnesota. And, you know, of course, when he came back, they won four in a row. And they're going to smash tonight by Miami, but I think that has more to do with them being in Miami a day and a half early than than Miami uh, putting the beat down on them. I think they just came out sluggish. But either way, and Kevin Love got hurt. He lost his tooth. The man just can't stay healthy. Every kind of freak thing happened to him, happened to him. But anyway, um, are are we disrespecting Kevin Love, like Kevin Love's game or the game that he has has had that was – suppressed during that three-year run uh what what you think fifa i'm sorry can you say that one more time just just kevin love like have we lost the respect for kevin love's game because like we we know what kevin loves was before he got to uh sign with cleveland and, and Kyrie, and obviously we knew he had to make a lot of sacrifices but it's like the world forgot this guy could play like, are we disrespecting Kevin Love's ability to play the game just because he had to, for like, give up parts of his game to become a third wheel over the last three years? Uh, I think he's been, yeah, I think he's become the forgotten guy. Um, but I think this season was supposed to put him back as one of the top fifteen players. Um, and you don't and think he, he did? Se- huh? No, you don't he think did, he did. But he did at the beginning. But then, like you said, he's gotten hurt. So I think we continue to forget him. You know, he, he just hasn't been able to 
play at that level for an extended period of time. You know, he's hurt again. You know, obviously he's not. It's just a, a loose tooth, so it's, it's not going to be out like you know, three to six weeks. You know, he'll be out a couple games and he'll be right back. Um, but because it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. He just has not played at that high of a level for a very long time. Yeah, he did it for the you know first third of the season, but he's he's been hurt. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I I even remember during that three year run when. Cleveland had their big three. People were talking about Kevin Love like he just was absolute trash, like he couldn't play at all, and it just wasn't true. And we're we're not talking to, and and that was the thing that that seemed to have baffled me. It's like you guys don't quite understand the sacrifices that each individual player had to make, and we started to see some of that come back. And you know, for for them to go on that run and for him to somewhat be a part of that. And, and yeah, it was just something I heard Chris Broussard say. And I was like, you know what? He's right. What do you, what do you think B are, are we disrespecting Kyrie, uh, Kevin Love? Uh, no, I don't think we disrespect. I don't think we disrespecting them. I mean, you know, whenever you're okay. playing next to LeBron James, you know, it's always going to be somewhat of overshadowing, especially the way LeBron James has been playing in this 15 freaking year in the NBA. Um, I know I don't think we disrespect him. It's just unfortunate Kevin Love had a little injury and he was out for a little while, and you know he wasn't to he wasn't able to to sustain his consistency as as well he was playing at the beginning of the year. Because coming out the year, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, this is gonna be the year Kevin Love gonna get back into the Kevin Love we saw in Minnesota, you know. So now that uh, Kyrie was gone, but you know he had a little hiccup, I think. And you know now he when they came back and since he's been back, they seem to be kind of on the road. He still need to play some defense. But they seem to be on the road offensively, and Kevin Love seemed to get his, you know, get back in the Florida offense, and he seemed like he's picking up right where he left off before he had the uh, hiatus. But no, I don't think he's disrespecting him. I don't think we're disrespecting him. Uh, you know, it's just that's what happens when you when you out for a minute, man. When you out with injury for for a minute, and then especially the personal thing he was going through. So you know, it just happens. I think I, I guarantee you, if he didn't have that hiccup like he had this season, and if he had been balling out all all year playing like that, we wouldn't be disrespecting him. Is he one of the top players in the NBA? Yeah, yeah, he is. Okay. He's definitely one of the top players in the NBA. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to this LiAngelo thing, man. Uh, shout out to Twelve Cow. Make sure you guys subscribe to the Twelve Cow podcast and uh, and check that out. Also, check out uh, and subscribe to uh, B mentioned him early earlier uh, Manny's podcast, the uh, Technical File podcast. So. Um, check that out too. And then the Chris Platty hip hop, strictly hip hop and strictly, uh, hoop talk. And of course, catch your boys, man, is the Mike still on podcast. Make sure you guys go listen to the last episode too, man. <laughs> Freaking hilarious. And this week, the one that's dropping tomorrow or today, but whenever you guys listen to it, yeah, is is just as good. Um, so Kyle sent this over to us and, uh, he kind of broke the news to me. Um, because I didn't know it was happening. But anyway, LiAngelo is declared for the NBA draft. Uh, so his questions are, does he get drafted? And if so, where? So, uh, I, 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 you know, I'll start with you, B. Um, LiAngelo going to play in the league next year in the association? Uh, man. I, I think someone said this before, but can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm trying. I've never seen much of his game. I, I just have not seen t- 
much of him to make an assessment of, of his game. I, I didn't I've never watched none of his Lithuania games except for the quick like highlights I've seen on social media. But like I haven't sat and watched a full game of this guy. I have nothing I have nothing on him. I have nothing on this guy to determine will he play in the NBA. Um, based off his father, he might he might he might get a shot. You know, he might get a shot in some summer leagues. If he don't get drafted, I can see him playing in the G League or something and try, probably trying to get through. Well, I don't know. If you play in the G League, you got to get drafted by a team to get played in the G League, or you don't. <laughs> I that. don't know. LeBron, oh. Dwayne Wade just brought blocked LeBron from behind. That's F- what I was laughing. FIFO, do you know that? Do you, do you have to be drafted by a team to play in the G League, or you can just go into the G League? You can just go into the G League. Um, okay. You have to at least sign uh, like a summer contract. Okay, okay. I can see him doing that. And th- like I said, this is strictly based off me not seeing him play. Like, I, I don't know what the dude can you bring. Know, you know, um, he just they- scored 72 today. Huh? Huh? He scored 72 points in Lithuania. Who scored 72 points? LiAngelo. Huh? He scored <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 72. The, the youngest one or the middle one? The middle one. He scored 72 points? He almost averaged 50 in high school, man. Yeah, but that's inflated. We know that's inflated. Okay, but he scored 72 today in a professional league. Uh, okay, well, he might have a sh- – I mean, if he do good in the, in the in the summer league or whatever and he and he shows some promise, I think, a team would t- I think a team would take a chance on him. I mean, why not? I mean, you, you can draft him, have him play in the summer league. You can evaluate him through there Have uh, when, when uh, preseason – Starts evaluate them more, and usually it's just like football. You if they they can get through preseason, you can probably put them on a ten day contract. Or be like, you know what, we're gonna put you, we're gonna see you down to G League, blase blase. I just haven't seen them. I, I just haven't seen them. I, maybe you guys seen them. I have no. not seen no nothing on this I guy. Haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I have not watched a game of this guy. At least with Lonzo Ball, you know he had college, he had UCLA, so we had to see plenty of games from Lonzo, but. I just I just don't know with the or the youngest son. I just I just don't know. I don't know anything about those two guys. He also had eleven rebounds too. Uh hundred and wow, in a one fifty nine, one fifteen uh point win. Um wow, that's that's crazy. And I think I'm looking here, it says that he had fifty six the the game before. Um Dang, are teams out there playing any defense? He gets buckets, man. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Look, man. Well, you, look, people, look, you, you, talk, you, you speak. You speak. Yeah, I've never I, don't I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know. Look, man. I, look, when you want to know about the up-and-comers, you come to FIFO, man. I'll be trying to tell y'all. Look, I'm not saying he's going to be an NBA All-Star Superstar. He's not that. Both of his brothers are better than him. But that, but he can contribute. He can be a role player. The man is 6'5". He plays big. You know, there's sometimes there's guys that are big that play small and dudes that are small that play big. He plays his he he plays bigger than six five. He has back to the basket game. He has hands. He has enough escape dribbles. Like he he's not Lonzo with the handle. He's not Lamelo with the handle. He's not a he's not a, a a guard with handles. But he's he's JJ Redick. You know what I'm saying? He can pump fake two dribble shot, one dribble shot, make the extra pass. You give it to him in the, in, in the paint. He knows how to finish. He's not going to jump out the gym. You know, he can spot up. He can move without the rock. He's a role player. I think that a, a team a la Golden State can utilize his skill set. You know, somebody that wants a, a, a guy that can space the floor, you can utilize his skill set. I think he's an NBA player. I just think he's getting a bad rap right now. Okay. 
So where who who signs him? Where is he gonna go? He said Golden State. He said someone like Golden State. So you see him as a second round or first round pick? Late first round, uh, second round pick. I think more second round. I I I think I I do think that I I can't say anything. I can't even say if he's a second round or Ken. I have not seen this guy, so I'm not even gonna sit here and act like I know. I think I haven't watched a lot of them either, B. So, um, so yeah, everybody can discredit what I'm saying right now if they want to <laughs> as well. Oh my God. You're right. But I, I, I think that everything that went down with LeVar and Lazo, I think he's going to pay a, a price for that. And he's, he's going to fall to the second round, second round. Somebody take a chance for him. And to FIFO's point, he's going to have to ball out. Because you you won't be playing against Lithuania talent when you get to to the G League. You're gonna be playing against um, some guys that are trying to make it to the league. So, um, but yeah, seventy two is seventy two. That's that's a wow. What a what a way to make your declaration <laughs> to go out and do something like that. Salute to uh, Leangelo. Um, anyway, uh, man, do you guys hear about this this stuff going on with with Michael Bennett? Um, about the him pushing over an elderly woman or something like that. Paraplegic, apparently, yeah, yeah, accused of injuring a, a paraplegic, and and they bring a charge, charges against him without visual evidence. And the only person to witness what went down was a cop, was a freaking cop. How is that going to play out? Like this man has become a target. For the, I guess the Nevada, because you know everything that went down, you know two years ago when they won the Super Bowl, and I think this is them trying to uh, to just attack back, um, and it's unfortunate. We're talking about a, a, a six foot four, two hundred fifty plus pound uh, black man who's <laughs> been indicted on on assault charges. It's just it's just crazy, man. But uh, he turned himself in. But yeah, it's just crazy. Um, and then, do you guys um, think that Eric Reed is being? I don't know if we talked about this, but you guys think Eric Reed is being punished for protesting because he hasn't been signed yet? B. Yeah, I, 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 I hate. Yeah, because you know, you know, he made a statement talking about something. You know, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a find other ways to protest and stuff like that. Um. Yeah, I think I think I think the NBA has given him an old school wooden spanking on, you know, him protesting and everything. And now he's talking like he's not going to do it anymore. I hate to see that. I hate to see him crack, you know, and break like that. But I guess, brother, like, look, man, I still I still got some NFL checks I need to get because he's not that old. Like, he's not. He got a lot of years left in him to play some 26. football. So. Yeah, he's twenty six. Yeah, yeah. So you 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 know you still you still got a good. Five, five, six seasons in you. You know what I'm saying? Barring on that, you don't get injured. But yeah, you still got a good six seasons left in you, man, to, to make some money and play play NFL. And I think he's kind of like, oh, I think I'm missing out on NFL checks. I think that's what's happening. That's why he's kind of scaling back on you know his protesting now. He's gonna find quote unquote other ways to do it to protest. And um, yeah, I just think teams are just making him pay. I, I think he might end up you know getting signed to someone. It just be you know late in the preseason or like midway through preseason. 
or whatever. And they had to, somebody would probably give them a, like after the cuts, you know, once the cuts start happening and stuff in the preseason week to week, someone would probably pick them up. They need a position field. They get them. You know that I, that would, would go ahead. No, I said I think that's going to happen. I, I think he, I don't think he's going to get super blackball like Kaepernick. I think he's going to end up playing eventually, but just you know, not quickly. That would be a damn shame, and 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 that would really highlight the the ills of this country. Yep. Um it would really put an emphasis on what Colin has said this and, whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, especially what just happened in Louisiana today. Like, this is why Colin Kaepernick is kneeling. <laughs> like, this is why. Yeah, and and it it really what happened? What happened in Louisiana? The uh. The officers that that shot Alton Sterling, they they not being charged. They won't be. They not being charged at all. Oh wow. Yep. Yeah. And this 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 is why Colin Kaepernick is kneeling. Not not because he's disrespecting the flag, but he's kneeling because of that stuff like that. You know, FIFO, you're a capitalist. Um, I'm sure you you've been hearing a lot of what Stephen A. has been pushing um, when it comes to the NFL about the protest and guys like Eric Reed affecting the bottom line. Um, what he's saying bothers me a little bit because it kind of gives the owners a, a cap out and something to hide behind. What, what do you think about, about that being the, the capitalist that, that you are? You know, I'm a capitalist, but I'm also for the people, man. And I, <laughs> I, th- I, I think you're a hundred percent right with that. Um, it does give the owner something to hide behind. And that's a problem because there's a bigger issue at hand. And it, it happened in Sacramento. Obviously, you know, again, the Alton Sterling sh- uh, sh- uh, uh, police officers involved, nothing's happening to them. So that's the bigger problem. And this is something that's, that's societal. It's bigger than football. It's bigger than football. And the thing is, is that it just shows who we are in America the fact that we can't embrace it because that league is primarily black. Mm-hmm. This is happening to people that look just like them, their cousins, their nieces, their sons. That's who they look like. And I think that that divide is, is indicative of what this country was founded upon. And we're making it okay because it affects the bottom line. I'm not for that. I'm for making your coins. I'm for diversifying your portfolio. I'm all for that. I'm also, I'm all for the hustle and grind. I'm all for that. But I'm not putting that over the people. Because this is, this is a true issue. This is a problem. Because it happens continuously. This is not something that happens once every 10, 15 years. This is happening multiple times a year. That's a problem. That's a yeah. major problem. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, I I agree, man. Like I, I I find it problematic because we can he he's pushing it so hard and he has a point. Like if you make it about money, then yeah, these I mean, I, I would feel the same way. Like, nah, man, yeah, nobody's coming but coming to my thing because you guys are protesting, but there are also people protesting the fact that you guys are not signing guys like Colin Kaepernick and now Eric Reed. I was I was one such person. Our stories are not being told, so it works both ways. Um, I think that 
for me, if the NFL would would work with them, get Colin Kaepernick back in the league, uh, sign Eric Reed, and work together towards a, a better America and, and progress, then we can go much further in this country. But to hide behind um, not black or white, but green, you know, you're, you're putting that above everything else. And that's typically what, what capitalists do. But when, when, when Stephen A is pushing that rhetoric, it, it there, there could be unintended consequences of that because everybody could start saying that and using that as an excuse to not take any type of action. So it's, it's unfortunate. He makes a compelling case. Like he really does. When you make it about business and business has no emotions to it, that's what we're always taught. Like, it makes sense. But you're right, FIFO is bigger than that, and there are ways that you can do both. And I think that's where I would like to see them, you know, them come together. So, um, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm definitely watching this and paying attention. Uh, but I think the NFL really needs to be careful with this, especially with that case that Colin has against them. Uh, two more things, and then we'll get, we'll get out of here. Um I mean, you know, it's it's the talk of the town, man. So let's let's weigh in on this whole situation with with Odell Beckham Jr. So basically, Mara came out just a real quick synopsis. Basically, Mara came out and said that Odell need to get his shit together. That's the easiest way I could put it. You know, get your stuff together because you want all this money. Like you're not showing me you could be responsible. And it's like me giving keys to a kid that. Uh, to a teenager that hasn't shown me that he's responsible enough to be out, be able to go out there and and drive uh, safe. Um, so Odell has gone on record, I believe, in saying that he would sit out without a new contract. And when you think about what happened to him last year, going out without a contract and breaking his leg, and I think this is last year. Can you blame him? Because contracts are really not guaranteed like that in the NFL. And then the Giants are saying, well, you know what? Well, they've denied it today, but they've put it out there that they would be open to trading Odell. So um, two questions. One, would you pay Odell, is taking into consideration everything he's done, and if you would not pay Odell, would you trade him? Uh, what, what would you do, FIFO? I'm on both sides. So if I'm the Rams, because that's that's the team that's really trying to go for uh, OBJ, I'm 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 giving two first round picks if they want him, and I'm signing them to a long term deal. Here's the thing: I think I, I'm I'm 100 with Colin Cowherd in this regard. There's certain players at certain positions that you allow them to be rock stars, because even though they affect the game, you could still win without them. But you need them to live life on the edge to to perform the way that they need to on Sunday. There's just certain guys like that. Lawrence Taylor, you couldn't tame that. You just, hey, look, bro, I just need you here on Sunday. You ain't even got to come to practice. Do what you do. He, he's, he, you know, OBJ to me is one of those guys. He's a rock star. He's, he's bigger than football. He, you, he, you can't put that guy on the leash. You just, you just can't. He's Dion. You couldn't put Dion on the leash. You let those guys ride out until they do something so serious that allows you to make them see the other side of the the the, the light. But he he hasn't done anything that 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 far. So so you sign him. He is arguably the best wide receiver talent 
in the NFL, arguably. I'm not saying he is definitively, but arguably, when healthy, he's the best. You, you, if you're the Rams, you make that move. If you're the New York Giants, I understand letting him go because you drafted him. You know, you, you, you seen the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. For for the Rams, it's a shiny new toy, and they'll go with it. But for New York, it's like, man, do we really still want to deal with this? So to me, if I'm the GM, I'm definitely signing talent like that. Um, but you know, if New York wants to get rid of him, man, I, I I feel it. But I'm telling you this: the Rams, the Rams better go get him. The Rams better go get him because the NFL year to year is wide open. Let's be honest, it's wide open. And the Rams have the most talent on defense. Okay, what nobody said. You got Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. You got Ndamukong Sue. You got a key to lead. That other uh, 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 corner that they got. Bruh, they about to wreak some havoc. And if you <laughs> sign OBJ with uh, the little, who's the little uh, wide receiver that they got? Uh, Tabor, uh, Austin? Oh, man. And if Jared Goff takes another step forward, not back, man. With Ty no. Gurley running the ball? With Ty Gurley. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If they if they get Odell Beckham, they got a they got a good two three year window, like just until yep. it's time it's to until it's time for them to start paying everybody. But yeah, they got a good two three year window if they get o- Odell Beckham. You gotta make that move. You gotta, you gotta make, make that move. move. You gotta make it. You gotta make it. You gotta, you gotta make, make it. it. You putting you putting him in the big market city in L.A. And he and he was in New York. He was in the other big market. That's so, what I'm yeah, saying. Man. I mean, you yeah, put him man. on L.A. I mean, he. He got L.A. He got Hollywood written all over him. Like, all over. like, come on, like that. That if I'm L.A., like you said, I'm I'm, I'm giving up both of them draft picks <laughs> and, and and getting all Eldell Beckham. Like I said, I got a good two year window. I mean, of course, until it's time to start paying folks, then you know, of course, some people gonna have to walk. But I got a good two year, three year window where I can possibly win one Super Bowl or possibly two. You know, the other thing is, is that. Yeah, two first round round picks. That's, I think that's a small price to play because you already know the talent is there, and and your draft picks may not even be high draft picks, so it's not like you're giving up a lot. And we know that in the NFL, uh, they're a lot more bust than they are stars. So, um, so yeah, depending on who they who they draft, that that pick may amount to a little bit of nothing. Let me ask y'all this: If you the Browns, will you tease that first round pick to the Giants for Odell Beckham? Not the first, but the fourth. Either one of them. Like, I mean, what what, what uh, if Giants saying, "Hey, look, we interested in that first round pick for Odell Beckham"? No, and look, I, and look, and look a, who the. I'm just asking. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking. Like, and just look at the moves that they've been making already, and then you add Odell Beckham to that. That tight end and, and wide receiver core that they have, it so. it could work if you got if if you like Rosen if you think Rosen and Darnold and Allen are even. I mean, the way it's shaping up now, all three of them would sit um, anyway for that first year because of Tyrod Taylor, unless they go out and do some Russell Wilson uh, type stuff. So it might not be Ooh. a bad move. I would try to get rid of the fourth pick for it. So 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 Browns got the first pick and Giants got the second pick, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody got to get that running back out of, out of Pitt State. They got to get him. Someone got to get him. Overrated is Saquon Barkley. <laughs> you think he overrated, Kim? He might be. I don't know. 
We'll see the measurables and the compound and all the combine and all the other stuff. I mean, it 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 it, it looks good, but know, you gotta man. play a game, I, I, man. I, I, I might, I might. Usually, I'm not really wrong. I'm I, my percentage is pretty good when it when it comes to running backs. Out of which ones are ready? Just like Gurley and AP, I was right on them. I, I this guy might be ready, man. I think he's NFL ready. Uh, this dude is NFL built already. I think he can come in being productive, or you know, for the right situation, and be in the right situation with the right offensive line. I think he can come in being productive already. Trent Richardson, that's who we're gonna be. Um, Ooh, that's bad. <laughs> that's awful. That's awful. Um, yeah, I, I would. Hmm. Would I pay Odell Beckham Jr.? I probably would. I probably would. It's hard to find talent like that. I would maybe write in some incentives to keep him in line. It, but I, I really – the cocaine thing is serious if that's what it was. Um, the boat thing, eh. You know, we, we've debated that on the show. Um, but I, the pissing – thing that he did the dance like there's some issues that he has there but you know like you said fifo what colin said like these wide receivers we hear it all the time they're rock stars this is what they do odell now now let's be a capitalist odell is going to make you a lot of money now one thing we do know that makes you a lot of money is winning the super bowl but the way that team is shaped right now that's not going to happen anytime soon so where is your path to to profits? Odell, Odell. So to give him up, I don't know. I, I think I would take the risk and, and keep him. Um, but that's, that's what I would do. And if I'm Odell, and I didn't even ask you guys this, I think I would probably, like he's losing a lot of leverage because of this stuff. Um, obviously the media is blowing some of it out, out of proportion. But I think leverage I would. Leverage in terms of what? I think in terms of his ability to be able to sit out, to be able to sit out and wait for the new nah, contract. How? I, I, I'm the commodity. I'm the product. How? Because I because what I'm hearing or what Chris Carter, what Chris Carter is saying, um, is that they can use the the news stories against him in negotiations, and that he and won't that, be able to command as much. And that's cool. Trade me. I won't play. So you trade. won't play, and you would just demand the trade. Yeah, I would demand the trade. Just trade. So you will hold out. I'd hold out. Man, the Rams with Odell, Goff, Gurley, Sue, a motivated Sue who only got one year contract. Yeah. And, and and then you you, you know the scary thing about Sue is that even though Sue's numbers aren't dominant. He still dominates men. Yep, you still got to count for him. You still got to count for him. Big time. And if you already can't stop the defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, oh my God. Sue Mm. Sue might have a career year. I hope so because I'm tired of people jumping on the brother. Um, I'm going to go ahead. Who respect on Damian Lillard's name? This dude hit 41, nine rebounds, six assists. They, they They beat the Pelicans tonight. Jesus Christ, dude. You know this what time dude, it is. This dude, <laughs> put, that, here, man. put that man on the MVP list. 
Oh yeah, I, I, I was I was saying this. Wow, like this this guy's name. You got to throw his name in the MVP conversation. Got to. This is crazy. And you know what, B? Like like we, I know you put me on the Dame, and I confirmed it once I watched him in summer league. But he's one of the few that was NBA ready day one. Yeah, man. That dude was man. That's crazy. This dude is out there balling, carrying Portland to a three seed out in the West. That's crazy. Who thought that? Three. Right. That's That loud noise. It'd be a travesty if this guy, if if his name is not even in the MVP pool. Season MVP pool. Travesty. Uh, Q. (laughs) I can tell when you got on the show. What what are you doing? You running? (laughs) Not my fault, bro. Hello. Yeah, we Hello? Yeah. Yeah, we got you. What up, what up, Q? What up? I'm fine. I just I just got in the house. What's up? It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um Yeah, man. So your 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 man's is back. Fultz is back. He went for what, ten and eight in fourteen minutes last night. Uh, a Philly team, a sister team, or one over forty games this year. Uh even though Colin didn't think they would do it. I love the way the NB called him out. Um, playoff bound, possible matchup with LeBron James. Man, and folks, from what I saw, looked like he had that bounce and definitely looked like he was deserving of the number one pick um, for me. It's limited, 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 mm-hmm. limited sample mm-hmm. size. Hey, folks, but, was, what I noticed too, folks is a better passing than I thought he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is nice. You want me to just go in like real quick and go, go ahead, go ahead, Q, go ahead. Yeah, man. So what I've been telling y'all for the longest time is that you know this is what we do. We make them sit out a long time. We put them in the lab. We you know give them vibranium supplements, and then they come out and they come out superstars, bro. Obviously, that's not really uh, true for folks because the jumper it still looks it looks a lot better than what it was. Um, I think around that Washington game, the first game of the season where he was just shooting bricks in the Boston game, but that free throw looked like it was worse than Shaq's form. Like he was putting up shot put and um, it was just, it was just bad. Um, I don't really know. I don't really necessarily know what happened with Fultz, uh, his shoulder. Or was it just a mental block? Cause some guys just get that mental yips, man. And they just, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter to me. A lot of people were feigning outrage on, you know, uh, the uh, Monday morning shows and you know the, the morning shows because they were mad that folks didn't uh, speak after the game. I don't, I know me. I don't care about that stuff. Uh, players don't want to answer a question with a reporter. Who cares? Uh, all I care about is that the teammates they stood by him throughout the entire process of him working his shot, getting his confidence back up, and he came out there, put up ten, eight, and four in fourteen minutes, and. This is what I saw from Markel Fultz at Washington. Is I saw a guy, in my opinion, who is an extremely underrated passer. Um, my hot take with his passing is that a lot of people, you know, go crazy over, over Lonzo Ball's passing, but I really don't think Markel Fultz is that far behind. Uh, I really don't think it's that. I think it, I, I don't think it's that big of a, a disparity because the passes that I see Lonzo makes, he makes a couple, you know, wild passes. But most of the time, it's just you know he's, kick, he's kicking out to random guys. He brings up the ball, kicks it out to KCP. There's nothing really special about a lot of the passes. 
And with Fultz, it's much of the same. He just has that vision, and a lot of people didn't really see that uh, in in college. But I noticed that a lot of how he was finding guys who can't get their own shot. And it was pretty evident when he he had like a nice little wraparound pass to Ilyasova and a nice in, uh, inbound pass to Embiid. The dude can pass, and he can bring the ball up up the floor. And that was the reason why we drafted him, is to be able to play alongside Simmons as he also works to find his shot. Because Simmons still hasn't taken one spot up three or one, you know, anything that's really outside of the painted area. And that's cool. You know, he's working on it and he's trying to unveil that shot probably next season. So that's why the importance of Markel Fultz's presence is so imperative to our team's success. Is because we have to be able, able to stretch the floor if Simmons can't become something that is similar to a shooter. You know what I'm saying? If he if he's not going to be a knockdown guy, then we still have Fultz. And I personally think that Ben Simmons, even if he doesn't become a consistent three-point shooter, as long as he can go to the elbows, I think he can still win an MVP award with with that passing and that body. Yeah. And Embiid is Embiid, man. He's a beast. I think he's the defensive player of, of the Trying year. Trying to tell y'all. You know, he's defensive player of the year, man. Like, I really don't see anybody else. Draymond's been hurt. He doesn't. He hasn't been, been the same guy. Gobert's been hurt. There's really nobody aside from maybe AD that I would put above Embiid. So, to me, he's my defensive player of the year. He's logged 2,000 minutes, still healthy. Uh, the Sixers have won 42 games. The Cavaliers, I believe, have have, have they lost yet? Because if they lost, then the Sixers can yeah, they tie. Lost. For, they lost tonight. For, tomorrow, the Sixers can tie up for third place in the East uh, by beating the Knicks. Fultz is going to be fine. Uh, I'm not expecting his minutes probably to go up anywhere. And if he just comes out and his shot looks amazing, then all bets are off. But I expect Brett Brown to keep his minutes in the 14 to 17-minute range. Uh, He's taking minutes away from TJ. Uh, I saw that Nick Wright had a lot to say about TJ McConnell this morning. That was hilarious, but I like TJ. But Fultz, what he brings to the team is a perimeter shot. He brings versatility on defense. And he brings another ball handler to take the pressure off of Simmons. And he can slash. So we needed that dimension to add to our team. So I'm loving the addition of, of Fultz. I'm very proud of the team that stuck by him. And I think we're incredibly dangerous going into the playoffs. I just like what we got, man. We got a good roster. We got a bunch of good guys. And we finally have shooters around Simmons and Fultz. So it's not all on just these three young guys' shoulders. We have a lot of veterans now with Redick, Ilyasova, Bellinelli. We have a great coach. And Brett Brown, who I think should be getting some looks. And I was very – and I, I also want to apologize. Last thing, I want to apologize to Brett Brown uh, because I definitely think he should be in that top three coach of the year conversation if they can secure that third seed. Uh, nobody top. saw this. Top three? Nope. Yeah, they, they can get that top three. Like, no one saw this. If you go to coach every – Coach of the year? Yes, coach of the year. Every prediction – Earlier this year was Sixers can get the A seed, the seven seed, the the, the six seed. If the Philadelphia 76ers can get the third seed or better in the East, he should be in that top three conversation. Who else? Dan Tony. And like who and like who else really? Stevens? Okay, cool. Then who else are you gonna give it give it to after that? Kerr, no. Gentry, Rah. 
it's it's really it's it's Brett Brown. It's truly Brett Brown, and you know maybe Dwayne Casey, you know, like because they're having an incredible year. Yeah. So I, I'll I'll give it that toss up, but Brett Brown is he's there's a case to be made for a top three coach of the year candidate if they can secure that third seed. Loving what the, what the team is doing, and I'm very excited for Fultz's future. Uh, brings a lot of vers- versatility to our squad, so I'm I'm hella excited. What about you, FIFO? What what do you think, man? How do, how do you think? Folks, even in limited minutes, how do you think that could potentially impact the Sixers' playoff chances? By the way, uh, FIFO, I just saw on on Twitter that Ben Simmons had, was, was practicing his uh, three point shot. Uh, he made a couple too, so he's he's working on that shot. He 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 knows. Look, man, I, I've been trying to tell y'all he was going to be the second coming of Bron, just different. Uh, more, more, more uh, magic and Bron than you know anything else. But th- th- look, man, be- be- Ben is the guy. He's rookie of the year. So let let let's chill off the Donovan Mitchell thing. Like for real, Ken. Like be like like rookie of the year is Ben Simmons. Um, in what? terms, I, ne- of- I never said he wasn't. Oh, okay, that's cool. Me. That that's <laughs> so me and I. I st- <laughs> Oh man! Go look, ahead, look, man. Look, 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 look. Folks, in terms of adjusting Philly's position, playoff positioning, I think all Markel needs to do is play the rest of the season and play whatever Brett Brown needs you to play. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they are going to rely on Markel for anything. But that mm-hmm. doesn't diminish what he's going to be for them. Um, Markel reminds me a lot of James Harden in a sense that he can mm. get to where he wants to get to regardless of what you put in front of him. Mm-hmm. And that passing ability is is James Harden-esque. Um, and he just, he just doesn't have James Harden three-point shot yet. Um, and and I don't know what's going on with the shoulder. I don't know what's going on with the with the form or none of that. But if he can get it right and he can get it consistent, and what I mean by consistent about shoot forty five plus from the field, thirty three plus from from three, mm-hmm. that's 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 going to be a problem. Um, and I think I love how he fits with Ben and Joel because he could play on ball or off the ball. Um, we already know what Ben is, so so we know how he plays. He can find everybody. He's a point guard, but Markel could play off the rock and still be able to attack the basket and still create for others. Ben Simmons can play off the rock too, and Joel is Joel. So I, I think they've drafted a big three. Uh, most definitely, I think they all complement each other, but I think that the pressure is on Markel to become that consistent jump shooter because they're because they're, they're going to need space not all three of those guys can operate mid-range and in you know they, they need to be able to spread the floor a little bit obviously they got robert covington uh they signed jj to only one year so robert covington is going to be there for a while i i like what they have now now before we we, we go to anybody else imagine adding lebron james to that starting five so you got Markel, Ben Simmons, Robert Covington, LeBron, and Joel Embiid. That's crazy. It would be crazy, but I don't know if it'll work. I don't know if it'll work. 
LeBron will have to take a not step back. Not enough at shooting. It. Yeah, and, not uh, enough shooting. Yeah, but it, it, it talent wise, it, it, it would be freaking nuts. And um, if Paul George is smart, he'll come here, but it's fine though. <laughs> um, BB, what are your thoughts on, on Fultz, man? Um, we haven't seen him play for a while, but he went out, uh, looked confident, put up 10 and 8 in 14 minutes. Um, what do you think about the young brother? Uh, yeah, I think it was a good showing for him to be, you know, out as long as he was, um, you know, especially being the number one overall draft pick. It's good that he seemed like he got the team, you know, confidence going into this uh, playoff run. I think we got like about eight more games left in the regular season before a playoff officially starts. So, you know, I think that's if I'm pretty sure the team feels good having him back look, and looking like he's going to be back for a while. I don't think he's showing any signs of. Oh, I'm slowing down or, or too much rust. I mean, he, he ain't like he really had no rust at all. Like I said, he, he I, I didn't know he was that good of a passer to, <laughs> until I saw him the other night. I'm like, damn, okay. But um, yeah, I think it's a good look for the Sixers, man. I, I think I think with them going into the playoffs, hopefully making a, a push, you know, fin- I can see them definitely getting out the first round. I don't know if the second round might be a little depends on how the matchups go. But um, yeah, I think it's a good look for the Sixers, man. I, I'm I'm glad that they got their guy because I was always interested in seeing how you know when they drafted Markel Fultz, how they was gonna look once he you know once he get into the system and start playing before he even you know got injured. I'm like, man, they got Fultz now, and you got Ben Simmons and JJ Redick and all that. Like you know, I, I was interested in seeing that just from the from the start of the season. So I'm kind of glad we saw that now, and it seems like he's gonna be he's gonna be you know healthy and pushing forward from here on out. So. Should be should be a fun playoffs, man. Once these playoffs kick off, you know the the thing that I like, man, um, and I think you kind of alluded to it. B is is that you know he he was the forgotten man. Like he was the number one pick. Nobody was talking about him. The only thing they talked about was negative, the jumper, what's going on with folks, and he yeah. very well could have sat out the rest of the year. And and given Philly's history, it seemed like it was going that way. And Brett Brown basically put it. On him, kind of like what what Pop did. He was like, "Look, if he wants to play, he can play. That that's on him. We'll leave that decision up to him." And he opted to play. And I like the fact that he showed the heart, and, and in spite of everything that went on, and he, you know, and and obviously it bothered him because he didn't handle the post game interview well at all. He could have just said no comment instead of just saying nothing. But he's young; he's still learning. But I like the fact that he was like, "Yo, I'm I'm gonna go." Like. I'm going to play. And the thing that I took away from what I saw was like, you can see the talent. And we didn't get a chance to really see the talent um, when he played earlier this year. And and that was the thing that, that I saw and that I picked away. And he, he definitely had confidence in taking that jumper. Um, he seemed af- athletic enough, like, you know, the shot that he hit when he contorted his body um, and, you know, everything else that you guys said. So, I think he has another dynamic to a team that over the years, over this season, has figured out who they are and how to gel together. How's Ben going to play with Embiid? And Red is going to fit in and, and all these other pieces. Uh, Sarek. And now you got this guy leading your team at, at the point guard position who could score and assist? Man, yo, it's scary. It's scary. And it's all up to Brett Brown, Q's top one of the Q's top three coach of the year candidates to really take this talent and hone it together and get a title in the next three or four years. 
can I can I can I just say something real quick? Yeah, I have right. a hot take. I really have a hot take. Um, Sixers can go to the finals this year, man. Oh my god! And I'm gonna just say that I'm gonna say that loud with my chest. Q. Q. With Q. My Q. chest you is all the way so out. My was. chest is all. You no, let me so let let. Let Wait, me rock. Bro, I can't even let you live. I can't even let you live. <laughs> let you know me rock. Why, Q, because, look, no, nah, man, look, Q, you, you, I'll be there with you, man. And you know what? Maybe this is just getting me, a little bit carried away, Q. An old, exactly. Maybe this is just me transitioning to being the old guy in the room now. But Q, Q, look, you, you, you can't be a year too early. You were, you're a couple years too early with Philly. That's true. That's true. A, you were a head coach early on Philly. Um, like, like, Philly needs to take an ass whooping, dog. Yeah, this is gonna be the year when they take the bruises and bumps. Yeah, I got you. Have to take that. I got you. Next year, it's a problem. Next year, they should win the East. I give you that, but not this year, dog. Not this year. Right. All right. Let me just say right now, as a fan, as a fan, just let me have my let me have my fan hat on right now. Okay. Um, Cool. You can have that pass. I'll give you that right, pass. Right. My my fan hat is not scared of any team in the East besides the Boston Celtics. And that's even without Kyrie because Brad Stevens knows how to scheme against my team. I'm not scared of the Raptors, dog. Like I'm 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 really I'm really not. I'm not scared of the Pacers. I'm not scared of the Wizards. I'm not scared of the Bucks. I'm not scared of the Heat. And LeBron, if Embiid is playing the way at, at the level that he's playing right now. I don't think LeBron by himself can beat us, bro. Like that's 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 really what I'm on, man. That's really what I'm on. What Jordan Clarkson is gonna beat us? J.R. Smith is J.R. Smith. Larry Nance is gonna beat us. If J.J. Redick is shooting 43 percent from three right now, Covington the last three games shooting 42 percent from three. Like we have the top three defensive efficiency rating in the NBA, behind the Lakers with the second half, uh, fastest pace. I'm not scared of anybody in the East. I think we can go seven with any team in the East because I think we have the pieces that we need. I think that Ben is the, like the game is slowing down for him, and it's going to be even scarier when it's his second year. I think Embiid, he is learning how to take better shots. He's learning how to pass under the, the double team. JJ Redick is peaking at, at the right time. Ilya Sova has brought in a different dimension of a guy who can play beside Embiid. I haven't even spoken on Dario Sarge, who is shooting 38% from three this year and looks like an incredible player that everyone said wasn't going to come over. Like Marco Bellinelli, he's he's coming over. He's peaking at the, at the right time. He went through a rough patch. He's last three, three games, made like 17 threes. Like we're peaking at the right time, and I think we have the spacing to do it. Now, obviously, my, my, my hyperbolic statement is from a fan. But I do agree with you, Phil, that, yes, the lumps have to come because you have to learn how to lose and you have to learn how to win. And a lot of times, young teams, they have to t- take those lumps. Yep. So if you're telling me the team that right now that we're going to play is the Miami Heat, or we're going to we're, we're getting the Heat out of, out, of, out of there in six games. It's five or six games. If we're playing the Miami right. Heat right now. Right now, right now, Q, I'm going to cut you off. But if the playoffs start right now, you guys will be playing Indiana in the first round. We get him out of here six, man. Then, I'm sorry. And then, and then yeah, after yeah. You, that, you possible, after that, yeah. you play Toronto in the second round. I'm not, not scared of them. Toronto. I feel you. I'm not scared of Toronto. I, I feel, feel you, but you're not beating them. I feel it. I feel but you. I'm. I feel you, but 
Kyle Lowry and DeRozan have given me nothing to fear. Now, obviously, out of respect, I would, I'm not going to argue with anybody that, that would ever say, yeah, Toronto, just off experience, is going to beat this team. I'm just saying that from what I've seen in the playoffs, teams like that, like that young Bucks team, a lot of Bucks fans were hyped because they beat them the first game. And everyone thought, oh, wow, we, we, we can actually do something because that's how Giannis was just so good last year. And they only had him and Brogdon. Jabari was out and they had uh, Chris and Middleton. So with those three players, they won a game in Toronto the first game. And I think they lost in about six games where the only game that, that the only games that they won was one in Toronto and I think it was like game five in Milwaukee or something. And then they closed out at home uh, in Toronto. So with just Giannis, Brogdon, and Middleton, they were able to do that to get two games. I honestly think we can get three games on Toronto with this team because we have better shooting than that Bucks team did last year. And obviously, the the Rosen's on a different level, but I'm just I'm I'm not scared of anybody but Boston. And obviously, Braun puts fear in my heart, so I'm never going to say that 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 that's like five or six or six games. That's definitely going seven at the at the least if we put up a fight. So, out of respect, I I will say that it's LeBron and Brad Stevens that scare me the most. But the East, I I'm just not fearing anybody, like honestly. And I think that if we were to do anything this year. It it would be because Joel Embiid is the anchor in our in our um, in in our offense, and the game slows down. So in the, in the playoffs, when when that game slows down, I think you need guys who can get you easy buckets. And I think having that seven two monster in the middle to be able to dump down to really helps. Because who's stopping that? Serge Ibaka, no. Al Al Horford, probably because Brad Stevens is that great. Larry Nance, no. What Miles Turner? No, like I, 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 I just don't see it. I don't see it. So as a fan, I'm gonna have this hot take, and I'm gonna leave y'all with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Q. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. That that did it, man. Uh, sis, sis was going to the finals. Um, y'all heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> that's also gonna we, we gonna leave y'all with that too. Y'all marinate on that. At Q got no rings. Hit him up. Um, the OGs tried to tell him, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, much like the Sixers, the young buck got to take his lumps too. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share with a friend, please. Um, and, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We upload it there and, uh, video videos coming soon. Videos coming soon. So, um, So that's it. So until next week, we out. Peace. Peace.